familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. We all have our own unique breastfeeding challenges. Overcoming those challenges and persevering can greatly empower you on your breastfeeding journey. Today, you'll hear from April King, a cancer survivor whose illness was discovered just 13 days after giving birth to her fourth child. After receiving her chemo treatment, April persevered and was able to successfully breastfeed her baby. This is The Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the boob group. Broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego, the Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. If you enjoy listening to the Boob Group each week, please share our episodes with other breastfeeding moms via Facebook. We post links to all our new episodes on our Facebook page. For a complete list of all the episodes we've released, visit the episode guide on our website at newmommymedia.com. Want to be part of the boob group? Sunny's here to tell us some ways you can get involved. Hi, everybody. So I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter right now. And those are two great resources that you can use to connect with us. As we're going to record our show here, I'm going to be posting some of the questions, some of the issues that we're talking about here in the studio. And um, just want your guys' input. And I usually try to post some stuff to Facebook before we start recording as well. So check us out, the Boob Group on Facebook and Twitter. And I use the hashtag Boob Group VP. VP stands for Virtual Panelist. It's a great way to get involved. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com.
All right, so before we kick off today's show, I do have an announcement for you guys. World Breastfeeding Week is coming up, and I'm not sure if you guys know what that is, but it's always at the very beginning of August. It's obviously a really important week that helps raise awareness, and and this year, they're talking about breastfeeding and work, and, and I know we've talked about that on the Boob Group from time to time, how important it is um, that mom have the resources and have places where um, they can breastfeed their babies or pump for their babies. And so I love that uh, the organizers for World Breastfeeding Week are really bringing this out and and making this a focus for for this year. And so real briefly, I just wanted to kind of go over what some of the objectives are for World Breastfeeding Week. Sometimes it's called National Breastfeeding Week. It's, it's called a bunch of stuff. But basically the idea is to empower women and to really get the word out there about the importance of breastfeeding during this time. So here are some quick objectives. If you guys do want to get involved um, and, and how you can support breastfeeding during this week. And I'm taking this from their website, which is worldbreastfeedingweek.org. So you, you can certainly go on their website and, and learn more. So they say a step, there's basically five steps or five things you could do. The first one, they say galvanize multidimensional support from all sectors to enable women everywhere to work and breastfeed. Number two, they say promote actions by employers to become family, parent, baby, and mother-friendly and to actively facilitate and support employed women to continue breastfeeding. Number three, they say inform people about the latest in global maternity protection entitlements, raise awareness of the need to strengthen related national legislation and implementation. Number four, they say strengthen, facilitate, and showcase supportive practices that enable women working in the informal sector to breastfeed. And number five, they say engage with target groups, for example, trade unions, workers' rights organizations, women's groups, and youth groups to protect the breastfeeding rights of women in the workplace. And and Leilani, I, I know you know as an IBCLC, you know, you have a lot of clients and they have to go back to work. And so really tackling this issue, you know, and raising support for women in the workplace, this is really important, this World Breastfeeding Week. It, it is. Um, I mean, more power to, you know, the organization trying to help everyone, every mom be successful at a continual breastfeeding experience and um, supporting her milk supply. Because when she goes back to work, everything starts to decline if she's mm-hmm. not supported in her work environment. Right. And there's a lot of companies out there that still don't understand that. They're still giving moms a little time to pump or telling them they have to pump in a not not quite in the right place sure perhaps a bathroom still it's unfortunate it's still happening but this is great great awareness and uh, I'm I'm excited that they're promoting that this year yeah I think moms can get involved by just you know posting stuff on social media um, you know showing your support I think that's probably a big way um, that you can show your support also uh, the boob group we are going to be doing a raffle copter giveaway for a bunch of breastfeeding products. These are companies that we've worked with that we really trust. Um, we trust their brand, and we know that they're out there to empower breastfeeding mamas as well. So I'm going to put some information on our Facebook page. Um, also, if you go to our website, there's going to be more information there. But tons of great products that we're going to be giving away, and um, we hope that you'll be part of it. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Today we're continuing our ongoing series, Successful Breastfeeding Stories, where we feature moms who have overcome major challenges in their breastfeeding journey. Yes, and we want you to nominate your favorite breastfeeding moms. We're specifically looking for moms who have overcome major obstacles during their breastfeeding journey. So to nominate, all you have to do is visit our website at newmommymedia.com, go to the boob group section of the website, and look for the banner. It says Successful Breastfeeding Stories. Click on that banner, and it will take you to another page where you can submit online and the moms we feature on the boob group um, they are going to have their own episode and our friends at rumina nursing wear are also going to give them a free tank and bra from the pump and nurse collection so be sure to send us your recommendations today today we're talking with april king a mother of four children who has been successful at getting her baby back to the breast after chemo treatment for cancer april is now in remission thank you for joining us april and welcome to the show Thank you for having me. <laughs> April, how did you discover that you had cancer? Well, I actually um, started having kind of a little discomfort in my chest whenever I would take deep breaths in. Um, I called my OBGYN's office and they recommended for me to go to the emergency room just to be on the safe side because they thought maybe it was a possibility that I had thrown a blood clot. And once we got to the emergency room, it was Myself, my husband, and our baby, who was 13 days old, um, once we got to the emergency room, the ER doctor wanted to do a um, CT scan to see, just just to be safe again. You know, I think everybody just thought, oh, you've probably pulled a muscle. It's not really a big deal, but just to rule anything out. And um, probably about 30 minutes after they did the CT scan is when the ER doctor came in the room and and told us that he had uh, the radiologist had found a large mass covering my heart, um, and so we just kind of went from there. What was your first reaction when they told you that? Initially, my first reaction was, "How is my husband going to raise four kids alone?" I, we have two girls and two boys, and I, I was just terrified of the thought of him being alone to raise these children. And then, of course. I had this new baby at home, and I thought, he's not going to know me. He he knows nothing of me. He's not going to remember who I am. The the other kids were a little bit older. My son was 12, and my daughter was um, 10 at the time. And then our, our youngest daughter was three, and so I thought, they'll have memories of me, but he won't. What did the doctors tell you about continuing with breastfeeding your new baby? I initially had to pump and dump for the CT scan that they did for 24 hours, and we were not prepared in any way. I had nursed all three of my other children and had worked with all three of them, but I didn't start pumping milk for storage to go back to work until they were about four weeks old. And so I had no milk saved up. I hadn't even started that down that path yet. I had no bottles. We had nothing. And so my husband had to run out at the hospital we had to call my mom to come to the hospital and sit. And my husband went to the store and bought bottles and water and formula and because we had we weren't prepared in any way. And so I pumped and dumped for that initial 24-hour period. And then I nursed him up until I started my chemo treatment. Um, I did have a scan done in between 
um, in which I also had to pump and dump for about six hours. Um, but that was the only other time that, that he had to take any formula. Um, I actually nursed him in the waiting room before they called me back to start my first chemo treatment. When did they start that treatment? I actually did my first chemo treatment today is one year ago. <laughs> it was July the 7th. So he was, I'm sorry, how old was he when you had to start the treatment? He was one day shy of being four weeks old. Well, that happened right away then, right from the very, very beginning. Yes, yes. My The, the type of cancer that I had was very aggressive. And so my oncologist, um, th- things rolled very fast. As soon as the tumor was discovered, um, I went to my family physician's office who then referred me out to a um, cardiologist because of where the tumor was located there was some fear that maybe it had damaged my heart and so we went to the cardiologist and then um, they did a biopsy and referred me to my oncologist and I seen my oncologist on a Monday and they started chemo that Friday. Okay were there any resources that you could find that could help you format a plan of action? Not really um, to be honest i I couldn't really find anything online. I did find a couple of stories of moms that had attempted to pump and dump during chemo. And I found one mom that was successful, but her baby was so much older than my baby. I think her baby was like 15 months old. And she didn't have to pump and dump for very long. I think she only had to do hers for like three months. So it it was a little discouraging in the beginning because I couldn't really find any information on anybody that had had my particular type of treatment and was successful in pumping and dumping, but I I just decided, I'm very hard-headed, I guess, (laughs) and so I just decided in the beginning that, you know, the cancer was taking so much from me that it was not going to do this. I was going to nurse this baby, and nothing was going to stop me from doing it. Did you feel like you had the support from your doctors and your family and your friends in regards to to the fight that you were fighting and keeping your milk supply up so that you could continue? Initially, I think my oncologist was a little, I, I don't want to say off-put by me asking if I could pump and dump, but I don't think he really knew how to respond either. Um, I, I don't think it's a request he has ever heard before. <laughs> and so he was just kind of like, okay, if if you want to try to do this, we can try to do it. But the type of treatment that I did is very aggressive on your body as well. It, it, it causes a lot of women to go into premenopause. And his concern was that my milk would dry up completely during the chemo treatment. And I had my heart so set on doing it, he was trying to prepare me, I think, mentally if it didn't work out like I wanted it to. But once we, every time I'd go in for a treatment, he would be like, are you still pumping? Are you still getting milk? How much milk are you getting? And he had a wonderful nurse with him that was so supportive. She was like, if you want to do this, we're going to do it. And so she, I think she really persuaded him and was like, look, she's going to do this. (laughs) And we're going to stand behind her in doing it. And, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. And my family was wonderful. My husband was so great during the whole process. Um, he would wake me up. The, the treatment that I did, I, I had to take a lot of Benadryl whenever I would go in for a treatment. And as someone who doesn't, I don't take any medicine. I don't even like taking Tylenol, you know, and, and they would pump me full of Benadryl. I would sleep for, for like three days after a treatment. 
and my husband would set his alarm and wake me up to take medicine and to pump and dump. Where do you think you gathered your strength from to fight this battle you were facing? I think a lot of it came from my children. Um, I had decided early on that even if, you know, even if the treatment didn't work and something was going to happen to me, I wanted my kids to remember me as being happy and, and not be like, oh, she was so sad and she moped around the house and, and you know, just I wanted them to remember good things about me if, if something was going to happen. And so every day, you know, even though I would wake up some days and just feel horrible and my body would hurt so bad and I, I would feel like I was going to puke my guts up, I would still go and sit down with them and, you know, smile and laugh and, Whenever my hair was falling out, um, we let the girls shave my hair. You know, we, we try. I just wanted I just wanted them to to know that that everything was going to be okay. And I think a lot of the strength just came from that. Just being like, okay, I have I have to function every day. I can't lay in the bed and moan or and cry and say, why me? I have these kids that need me. You're, you're an inspiration, really uh, powerful, just kind of brings tears to my eyes just thinking about what you went through and your kids and your family. I mean, everyone sounds so amazingly wonderful and you, uh, outstanding. I just, you're amazing and I'm really happy for you that it worked out so well. When we come back, we will discuss with April the different obstacles she went through and how they might be similar to other breastfeeding moms and babies. We will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the show. We are here with April King, a survivor of cancer. April, tell us how you managed to keep your milk supply going. I know that you said that you pumped and dumped, but what exactly did you do? I had a very, not strict, I, I wasn't like, you know, crazy about pumping exactly every three to four hours because there were some days that were worse than other days, but I tried to stick to that um, and pump at least every three to four hours. Um, and I, I tried to drink a lot of fluid, which was encouraged as well with my type of chemo treatment to flush the chemo out faster. So I just, try to drink and eat as well as I could. I tried to not get as stressed on days. Whenever I would do treatment, my milk supply would go down like that day and the next day and the following day. And initially it would it would stress me out so bad because I'd be like, oh gosh, it's going away. I'm I'm not gonna have any milk left. And then I kind of figured out that I think my body was just trying to adjust after the treatment. And if I would just kind of lay back and be like, oh, it's okay, then it would go back up and, and, and it would, you know, go back to what it was previously. What kind of supply were you able to keep up with? I mean, what was the amount that you were able to pump? Initially, whenever I first started pumping and dumping, I was probably pumping probably 
four to five, six ounces at a time. Um, by the time I finished treatment, I was down to about two to three ounces whenever I would pump at a time, which my lactation consultant had told me any milk was better than no milk, that that would make things a little bit easier. So I just try to keep that in my mind, even though, you know, I would slowly see over time my supply going down and going down. I was holding on to the fact that I still had milk left. Mm-hmm. When you... um took the Benadryl that you mentioned, did you notice that it it affected your supply? Um, I think that that may have been why, like I said, after a treatment that my supply would go down. It wouldn't go down drastically, but it, it would, I would see you know, a reduction of about two ounces during each cycle of chemo that would go down for that initial one to three days. So I'm not sure if it was from the Benadryl itself or if it was from the other um, chemo drugs that I was taking. Um, probably both. I, I know that uh, Benadryl, we tell moms not to take that because it does dry you up, right? I mean, people usually do it for allergy purposes or colds or something like that, but it actually will dry up your fluids in your body. So I'm sure that that probably did take an effect, and it's kind of important to to help people understand that you know, you're, you struggled through a lot of extra things, not just trying to survive, but trying to maintain your supply. Did you ever face any difficulties like uh, breast infections or blocked milk ducts? I didn't while I was pumping and dumping. I've actually been very fortunate with this with this child breastfeeding. His name is Michael. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I haven't had any blocked ducts or anything. The only real problem that I would have is sometimes my husband would try to be really sweet and let me sleep. <laughs> And wouldn't wake me up. And sometimes, you know, I would wake up and I would be so full of milk. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be like, don't do that. I have to pump. And he would be like, but you were sleeping so well, I didn't want to wake you up. So that was really the only the only difficulty that I had was just, you know, sometimes waking up and being so full of milk from where I would sleep for so long. So how old was Michael when you were able to bring him back to the breast? And what steps did you take? to get him there? He was almost six months old. He was a couple days shy of turning six months old um, whenever we were able to go back to nursing. I had my PET scan done on December the 5th, and um, my oncologist told me to wait 24 hours after that before we tried to nurse again. So we started on a Saturday, which was December the 6th, and it, it wasn't how I thought it was going to be, I guess, like in my mind, I had kind of envisioned, you know, I've pumped and dumped all this time and I've been so strong and and he's going to nurse again right away. And it did not go that way at all. Um, He screamed and he cried every time I would, every time I would unlatch my nursing bra, he would start to cry. (laughs) Um, He would turn away from me. He didn't want me to hold him. He didn't want, he really didn't want anything to do with me that first day. And so I had a friend, I have a friend who um, is a lactation consultant and I had called her and I was like, what do I do? This is not going how I thought it was going to go. He's not having anything to do with this. And so she suggested a nipple shield to try that and see if, if he would latch on with the nipple shield. So we got a nipple shield and it took, probably about a day and a half of having that on before I could finally get him to latch on and, and nurse. And and during that time, I was still pumping and just feeding him what I was pumping in his bottle. 
I got him waxed with the nipple shield, and then she suggested that I use a dropper to feed him instead of letting him suck from a bottle so he would still have that urge to suck and wouldn't be eating it from the bottle. So we used a dropper to feed him, and um, I slowly flipped off the nipple shield like I was kind of tricking <laughs> into latching on and then, like, kind of pulled off real fast and then shove my nipple back in his mouth <laughs> yeah. and I'm wanting to latch that way that's the best way I can describe it I'm not sure if that <laughs> well that's what you did I mean that was your reality right well that's that's really the best way that I can describe it I had to trick him a whole lot like um in the beginning the only way I could really get him to latch on was right whenever he was going to fall asleep and then I would just kind of jerk his bottle out of his mouth and and put my nipple in his mouth and so um, it went on for probably about four or five days before we finally got him to latch without an all-out war happening. I mean, he would, he just fought me so hard. But I had, you know, I had read other stories of moms that had to fight for a month before they got their child to latch again. So I was very thankful that I, I finally convinced him that, <laughs> that it coming, you know, from the source was better than sucking it out of the bottle. Did you become an exclusive breastfeeder after the four or five days, or did it take longer? Did you have to supplement with bottles for a while still? I had to build back up my supply. Um, so he still, in the beginning, he took um, three bottles a day, um, plus me nursing him. And we comfort nursed a lot, um, just because that seemed to me to be the best way to get him used to nursing again. And so um, he, he took those, those three bottles initially, and then we slowly worked our way down to two bottles a day. And then we got it down to one bottle a day. And um, my husband and I decided to go ahead and keep one bottle a day just for whenever I have testing done and I can't nurse him. That way we knew he would still drink from the bottle so my husband could feed him during that time, um, which... It is very hard itself. I had my follow-up um, CT scan about a month ago to check and make sure that I had no more growth and no more active cancer cells, and I had to pump and dump for 24 hours again, and it was a very, very rough 24 hours. He cried and cried, and nighttime was extremely bad because he, he nurses a lot at nighttime still, and... Um, it's just not, he wasn't used to it, and, and he didn't want to take a bottle, and he kept pushing the bottle away and kept rolling over to me, the nurse, and so it was a very rough 24-hour period, but um, I guess you could say we're we're pretty much exclusively breastfeeding. Um, he does still, like I said, occasionally we'll take a bottle, um, but like I said, that's just for our comfort to know that, that we have that as a backup if we need it. And, and how old is he now? He just turned a year old on um, June the 12th. Well, it sounds like you had an amazing, an amazing journey. Thank you so much, April, for sharing this incredible story with us. We are so honored to have you on our show today and your willingness to be open with us. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, as April will share with us how she has influenced others on her road to success. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Rebecca. I'm calling from San Diego, California, and I'm a flight attendant, and I have got a question for your experts. Um, I am due to go back to work in April, and um, I have a four-month-old son, and I'm wondering how I'm supposed to pump on the plane. I contacted my airline, and they told me that um, my option is to pump in the lavatory, and I'm not too comfortable with that, and I didn't think that they could do that because of the law. So has anyone come across this, and what are what are some options? Um, I would love to love to hear some responses. Um, so thank you so much. Hi, Boob Group listeners. This is Veronica Tingzon, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and also the owner of the original Comfort Food Lactation Services in San Diego, California. Rebecca, I know that you've called in or or written into your HR to find out about pumping while you're actually on flight, and they gave you the response of pumping in the laboratory, which, you know, doesn't sound too groovy, and it doesn't sound too hygienic either. I do know of some people who have done it before. I have a friend who was a uh, flight attendant, and she did pump in the lavatory, and she had no problem with it. Personally, myself, I would not find it to be the best situation. Um, I know that I've also, you know, had to be on a flight where I did pump, um, and the flight attendants were nice enough to set me up kind of in the corner of the galley area. You know, you really have to feel it out and see if there's, you know, maybe a portable one-sided pump that you can um, pump, you know, somewhere in the galley or maybe on a private row if it's not uh, too jam-packed of a plane. But probably what's going to end up having to happen for you is that you'll probably have to pump prior to boarding in, you know, one of the lounges or um, maybe pump on the plane prior to when the, um, when the passengers start filling the plane in, um, maybe in the back of the galley, or maybe the pilots will allow you to use um, the cockpit to pump in prior to them getting in, you know, something like that. And then maybe pumping once again in that same situation, you know, either the cockpit or the galley area. It really all depends on if you're going to be flying a domestic flight or an international flight that's going to take you know, a whole day to fly, or, you know, is it just going to be a couple of hours? Hopefully you don't have to take too many flights, so, and you can be home with your baby just nursing away. Have a great day, Rebecca, and I hope this answers your question. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, our show Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers and Twin Talks. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new Mommy Media Production. 
The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.